Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spur to 2016 podcast, Lithuania 1, Northern Ireland 4. I'm Andy Bell, I'm joined by Peter Baker, I'm joined by Dave Dunning, and uh, Pete, I mean, just an absolutely mental game, a game which you're looking at on 62 minutes, and Lithuania have an 80-85% chance of bringing it back to 2-all, and you're looking at one of the most humiliating results in Northern Ireland history. And after it, we're all on here buzzing because we've won an away game 4-1, so how do you sum that up? Yeah, it's a stupid game we love, isn't it? It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, 4-1 flattered us compared to where we were in like 60th minute. I thought, I was watching it with my dad and we thought after the penalty went in, oh, we can actually enjoy a game of football watching North Ireland. We'll cruise the victory. Two minutes later, we're sweating after that that screamer from the Lithuanian and then obviously the penalty. Um, but, you know, comfortable, comfortable enough. Managed to enjoy the last 15 anyway. But it was nice to see four goals scored and four different goal scorers as well. Absolutely, Dave. First five minutes, I thought Lithuania were prime Pep Guardiola Barcelona. They were absolutely amazing. I was like, these fellas are not Lithuanian. There is no chance. They were just popping the ball about at the pitch down to a tee. We couldn't get a kick. And I thought, what have we got ourselves into here? Um, 20 minutes in before we score, I, I don't, I'm not particularly particularly enamoured by our performance in any way. And then as Pete says, when it gets to that point where we go 2-0 up, you just think we're, we're looking more comfortable. We've got a lot more control of the game. And then just a 10 minutes of absolute madness ensues where the camera misses the goal and nobody knows what's happened. There's just a cheer's gone up. Um, the penalty's missed. There's a check. Um, you know, Peacock Farrell makes another great save and then Lavery puts his 3-1 up and, you know, in the space of 10 minutes, you've, as I say, you've just gone from the sublime to the absolute ridiculous. Oh, it was absurd. It was just absurd, wasn't it? Absolutely absurd. Um, and it appears that the commentators either weren't in the ground or were locked in a broom cupboard somewhere watching it on screen because they apparently didn't know that the goal had gone in either. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I was furious. Absolutely furious. Uh, it just, it's 2-1 and they've just scored. And you're like, okay, you haven't managed the game particularly well going 2-0 up. And everybody was dead happy and Washington was having a laugh and a smile and everything. It's 2-0 and everything's great. And then we'll get a free kick on the edge of our own box and Cathcart decides, I'm going to launch this quickly right up to their goalkeeper. And then Washington gets a daft yellow card yeah, and that then was crazy. it goes all the way back down the other pits, other end of the pits to Peacock Farrell, and he decides to bowl it out really, really quickly. And I'm like, lads, will you just settle down here and take the sting out of it? Their tails are up. And then, like 30 seconds later, we lose the ball two or three times in that period. Cathcart takes a poor touch. They're in. Don't really know what um what do you call him? Who talks a lot of nonsense is on about Craigan. I don't know what he's talking about. It's Penalty. Yeah, it's a penalty. Do you know what it's my favorite real, part of it was? Clumsy. You know what my favorite part of it was? You know when the, the Lithuanian fella got a yellow card in the first half and then he went up for a header and he like to be fair, he kind of stuck the elbow in. Stephen Cregan said he had absolutely no chance of winning the ball. He yeah, literally headed the ball. Yeah. He headed it, yeah. <laughs> I mean it was a oh it was, dear. It, it, I don't know which performance was matter, Cregan's or Jordan Thompson's, but we'll come on to that. Um oh, Pete, dear dear. It's yeah, uh, I just thought really really bad. Speech, the ball speeds up when it bounces, apparently, as well. That's new to me. It's <laughs> faster every time he said it as gets, well, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't take that. I know what he means. I know what he means, but 
that may be chocolate. Listen, there's a shortage of miles and physics teachers in, in the mainland uh, UK, but I don't think Stephen Craig no, is going to be uh, getting a job anytime soon. Um, Pete, I think Connor Washington, it's uh, it's an actually quite phenomenal performance from him when we yeah, needed yeah. him most. He's somebody who we've overlooked quite a lot, I think, in yeah. these in these previews we do. And listen, it's my talk because I'm kind of the one that sets the agenda and I never talk about him. But even when McGuinness has been out, even when Wash, um, sorry, not Washington, um, Boyce was out as well and Lafferty wasn't in the squad, we weren't really talking that much about Washington. We were talking about Lavery as, as kind of being nailed on and then a Charles or even a White. I think Washington was mentioned a couple of times, but it was weird at halftime. There were a lot of people on the Twitter saying he's played really badly. We need to take him off. He doesn't look 100%. And listen, it was a bit of a mad first half in general. We were definitely getting used to the pitch and there were a lot of players who had the odd bad touch or did the odd mad thing, which would make you think that they haven't had a great performance. But he gets the goal. He, he, um, well, he gets the goal from the penalty spot. He assists the first one with a super cross. And he plays the ball for the, the fourth goal that wins the penalty as well. Um, and I think it's a really good senior performance when this squad really needed that from him. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was very good. Obvi- I mean, the assist is obvious. It's just composed mm-hmm. and puts it in a good area for Ballard to get on the end off. I think, oddly, the, the biggest thing I noted with him was his hold-up play. Yeah. There was one moment when he backed into a Lithuanian defender, chested it, played it to McCann, who had that shot. Completely. Scored yeah. from there it. was a there was a mad one uh, second half as well where there's nobody yeah. within about forty meters of him and he like chests it back into the midfield perfectly onto Thompson. He was really good in that aspect. I completely agree. Yeah, and for a small man, uh, you know, his hold up play was excellent. It's something we'd normally associate with Boyce and McGuinness simply because they're physically a bit bigger. But you know, he proved he can do that or has that side to his game. And as well as that, he's he's reasonably tricky on the ball and quite good at retaining it. And it's you know his touch is far superior than others who might play in the same position. So yeah, I have to hold my hands up. I sort of overlooked it, overlooked him in the preview part as well. But uh, you know he was he was super tonight. I totally agree with that. Yeah, um, Dave, he, he 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 plays a lot of the game kind of in the in the channels. I I always thought he was going to play on that left hand side because that looked like the left hand side was going to give us the most width that I think, I think we are going to come on to talk about. But yeah, like the runs, some of the runs he was making, he's, he, he basically lives in the channel. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he's not playing for Guernsey. Sorry, I had to do it. Um, but <laughs> but he, 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 he just does really well. I completely agree with Pete's point there. We always talk about McGuinness and Lafferty and Boyce being the ones who hold the ball up. I actually think that guy is the best holder up of the ball in our squad. And I think if after this performance, regardless of what happens against Switzerland, because both squads are decimated and that could go almost any scoreline, I think, regardless of what happens now, I think he has to go with a Washington Lavery-esque lineup up front because we've shown tonight that we, we didn't really... Um, there, were, there are no downsides to it, really, when Washington's doing that good a job at holding the ball up. No, it's totally fair. Um, and he's like he's really strong. You know, we talk about him being like quick and nippy and tricky, but he's like a wee, he's like a wee bull, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Low center of gravity. It's hard to get round him. You know, he can hold a player off. Now, I don't know what sort of quality of center half he's playing against there, and how difficult they made his life tonight. But you know, you can you can only play what's in front of you, as they say. We'll put and, it this way, they're probably centre-halves that are good at heading and kicking it and not much else, but he made them look very average at heading and kicking it. Yeah, yeah, he uses his body really, really well. And 
I think there is a really, I do, I can maybe understand why people were criticizing his performance in the first half because there were spells we just wasn't in the game. And I don't necessarily think that that's his fault, but he just didn't really get involved. Um, Lavery buzzing around all over the place, making like other people's runs and things like that until he kind of settles down. But I think there's a relationship to be formed there. And if they can get enough minutes on the pitch together, that could be a really good partnership that you can potentially, you know, just continue to see game in, game out. It feels like, Pete, we're now talking about this front two in a very positive manner, in a way which, as I say, we'll come on to talk about Switzerland, but in a way that can actually hurt Switzerland rather than thinking from a defensive point of view, we're going to be under the cost for the whole game. We're going to need to hit a target man and he's going to need to give the defence a breather. That's really the reason you have a Lafferty or a McGuinness or a Boyce in the team. Not so much Lafferty when he's on form, but, but certainly the previous two, it's, it's very much their, their so-called hold-up play. But the amount of times you watch these guys play up front for Northern Ireland and Yes, I get the point that they do score goals at club level and they probably are amongst the best finishers in our squad compared to a Connor Washington who's never really been that prolific, certainly since he's, he's been playing for Northern Ireland. But how many times have you watched the likes of Lafferty, Boyce and McGuinness and you don't get within 50 yards of the goal, you don't get a chance. Whereas if you play Washington and Lafferty, they miss the odd ones, but they're going to continually keep making their runs. They're going to continually keep getting in these yeah. positions. And I think, you know, if I was Switzerland watching that, I'd actually be quite worried about those two. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't. I don't know which team, what teams, what they're going to line up with. I I wouldn't say they're they're losing too much sleep over it, but I do get your point. I think they something they else to think about much, anyway. Yeah, exactly. They much rather play against those two than two guys who're just going to stand on the halfway line and try and hold the ball up. Um, but it it's nice if if I take Dave's point. It is against Lithuania, and we don't know about the quality of their centre backs, but. If we potentially have a striker who can both hold the ball up well with a good first touch and make runs in behind, it's that versatility is is key and definitely would give Switzerland something to think about if we can play in you know different ways. For example, uh, the two strikers can run off each other, or uh, Washington holds the ball up and then can play Laverian, for example. Um, but there, there were a lot of runs behind and crosses into the six cutbacks from the byline tonight, mm. which we don't normally see. Yeah. Uh, I think there were two or three chances that just went begging. There was just someone to get on the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, most of those were from, well, Lavery and Akano, he took one over the by, uh, dead ball line or byline. Uh, but we don't normally see that um, when we have two sort of bigger, slower strikers up front. Mm -hmm. So that was encouraging tonight. Yeah, Washington, uh, he's one of these players, you, you look on Twitter and you look at the clubs he's been at, and without scoring that many goals, he's he's always one of those players that the, the fans always love, he always gives 100%, and yeah, as I say, no matter what game you're playing in, he can, he can kind of fit into it, and he can be a nuisance even if he's not on it, even if his touch is off, even if his finishing's off, he's always going to be a nuisance, and, and that's why I always love Washington playing up front for us. Um, even though he's come in for a bit of criticism, he, you know, he's got five international goals now, which is actually quite impressive and fair play to him for giving the penalty to McNair because I certainly wouldn't have done it. Um, but Dave, it's a very Shane Lavery-esque performance tonight. He misses a couple of chances, but he's tenacious. He keeps trying. And it's a cliche that, that's always said about, about strikers like that, but it, it is so true. And uh, he didn't let the head go down where other strikers would have. And his goal is the most Shane Lavery goal you're ever going to see. Um, yeah, that's... And I think we talked about this. That, that's what we needed. We needed someone who was going to be in the six-yard box, creating space, finding himself in between the width of the posts. 
And I thought too often in the first half, he wasn't necessarily doing that. He was too busy outside the box. He was... Um, there's one occasion where he makes the run into the channel, which is Jamal Lewis's run. And I'm thinking to myself, you should be in between the sticks there, waiting for Lewis to pop that across to you for a tap-in. He misses like two real guilt-edge chances. The first one's brutal, where he just does yeah. not connect with the ball. Ballard, Ballard nearly misses his, but what he does is he gets some sort of contact on the ball and it goes in, and that's all Lavery needed to do. But you're right, he picks himself up and he just keeps plugging away. And he's not afraid to miss chances. I think that's the thing. Strikers can be afraid to miss chances, um, but he's not. He just keeps putting himself in the position to miss them, and eventually one of them is going to hit the back of the net, and that's what happened. It's a great little interchange on the left-hand side between with Lewis and Thompson, and Thompson just smashes it across across the um, the box. It's not even across the edge of six-yard box, but two yards out. And Lavery does. He does what he does. He makes good contact. That's all he needs to do that he didn't do in the first half. And there you go. It's 3-1, where it was almost 2 each, and that's really game over. I was convinced it had been an own goal. Just, you know, when a goal doesn't look right and you think there's no way it's, it's we've scored that, it's gone in off somebody, like off that defender's near something. I was convinced it was like that, which is a credit to the finish, really. As you said, Dave, like it was only three or four yards out. Well, five or six yards out, maybe, but it's he does well to kind of keep it, keep control of it. And as you say, it's absolutely twatted at him from Thompson. And I'll stick with you, Dave, because I know you've some interesting opinions on, on Jordan Thompson for me. Uh, I mean, you weren't happy at me putting him forward for the man of the match poll. I thought just because of the moments that he, he produces in the game, um, there's the outside of the boot over the top ball delivery, which I think is phenomenal, but you're being a massive misery guts about it. Totally. And then he, he ultimately gets an assist for Lavery, which you've already degraded in the way in which he, <laughs> in the way which he put it across. But I think that's the thing with Thompson. He is a sublime and the ridiculous. And, and my take on it is that when you have Davis and McCann in there, who are technically good. McCann wins the ball back, recycles it. You need somebody like that. Who's going to take a bit of a risk. Who's going to break the lines and ultimately is going to get you goals or assists or at least threaten to. Yeah, I do take your point. I think certainly first half, he's really careless with the ball. Um, His passing's poor. Um, I will be critical about the one where he, he, what looks like a gorgeous pass over the top to Lavery. He's an opportunity just to slide down along the ground in between the two centre-halves first and give Lavery a much easier chance. Not a ball that's bouncing up around his waist when he's trying to run onto it. So I will be a little bit critical there. Um, but he does grow into the game. Um, he does cr- uh, develop a really good relationship with, with Lewis down that left-hand side. And that seems to blossom in the second half. There's some really good interchanges and link-up play between the two of them. And they end up creating chances for one another. They get each other in around the back, and, and that's where the that's where the third goal comes from. So, yeah, it's it's for me, it's a bit of a mixed bag from him. Um, and it's funny because if we look at McCann on the other side, you're right; they're just they're the polar opposite yeah. footballers. You know, McCann's doing like McCann must have won won the ball back as much as Thompson give it away. You know, so maybe that's what maybe that's the point. Maybe they just can't. Maybe they cancel each other out. Maybe that's what it is. Um, so, you know, I for me, I was more impressed with McCann's performance um, because it was just smart and clever and and responsible, responsible with a football when you want to retain possession. 
especially when you're, you know, two one up and trying to manage a game, um, which I don't think we did particularly well. And ultimately, that poor game management cost us um, cost us McNair for the Switzerland game, and that's the, that's the frustrating thing. And I suppose that that is my overriding frustration with with Thompson sometimes is that I just think he could be a little bit more responsible with the ball. Although you're right, he can create something out of nothing. I'll also say, just to finish off, being a complete misery, God says, I could really do with the set pieces being a lot better as well. Yeah. For, for, for someone who's left-footed and left-footers tend to have a left foot like a wand. So, you know, let's see more magic as opposed to just clipping it into the keeper's hands for the corner kick. Be great. Be really happy with that. Wand of a left foot. All the cliches coming out from Dave tonight. Um, Pete, I, I completely agree with Dave and what he's saying about them, them being kind of polar opposites. And one of the things I picked up on was was kind of how Barraclough accounted for the um, the injuries and the the kind of lack of width that we can sometimes see with a three five two. And sometimes the wing backs I feel in three five two for Northern Ireland are always the only players giving us the width. They're basically having to cover that whole side. And I think you know Jamal Lewis is always going to give you that, but. I think they really target that left-hand side. And as I said, Washington drifts in there a lot. Um, and so does uh, so does Thompson in the midfield. He's always going out there to, to give an option. I think because his delivery is generally good from the wide areas, that that massively helps us. And uh, I thought it was an interesting dynamic because you were the only one to actually pick Thompson in your midfield. I think both in the preview podcast and in the uh, um, when you sent me your, your your team after all the injuries in the wee podcast we did the other night. So how, how did you feel about his performance? It seems to have divided opinion, not only amongst us on the podcast, but also on the Twitter as well. I thought he was fine. I mean, he starts for Stoke, doesn't he? He's in and out. He, he starts about half the yeah. games, yeah. So, I mean, if he's, you know, if Michael O'Neill thinks he's all right, I thought, why, why not? Give him a chance, top-end championship team. But, uh you know, he's relatively new to international football, isn't he? So I think he'll grow into it. There is definitely a lot of potential there. I don't think he's someone you could just throw in the bin and bin off. Um, mixed moments tonight, but I'm sure he'll have better games. Um, and it was impressive on the left, combining with Lewis. I think most of our attacks came down the left, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Forcing my old favourite Michael Smith wasn't getting too far forward. <laughs> Although he, 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 he did win the penalty, didn't he? Was that Davis? Oh, no, no, sorry, Smith. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the, the, Michael Smith, the yeah, first yeah. penalty. Davis wins the second one. You're right. You're right. Smith went on a amazing <laughs> run. Marauding run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, I've, I've never screamed at the TV more than when he tried to hit a shot with his left foot from 30 yards out. Michael Smith. Oh, my days. But yeah, fair play. Yeah, I mean, we were getting more width and attack. Uh, from McNair at centre back than, than Smith. At well, this is what I wanted to come on to talk about, Pete, yeah. because. I think it's really dead interesting that he does McNair on the right and Ballard on the left, which is the opposite side of the back three that they play for in their clubs when they're playing with a back three. McNair was one of the best defenders in the championship last season playing on the left of a back three. And Ballard is very much a right-sided player for club and in the few games he's played for for his country. So I think he does that to give McNair that uh, kind of overlapping run. And uh, what's the what's the actual commentator called? Not Stephen Craig and the fella. Is it Gail, Gabe Walker or something? Um, Gary Weaver fun. Gary Weaver's his name I thought he actually yeah. made a really interesting point in the first half when McNair was overlapping it was very much like the Chris Wilder Sheffield United of two years ago yeah. where the, the third centre halves were always overlapping and we kind of 
had a laugh about it in the multi game where he was getting forward and getting in the front three. But I actually do think it's sort of a bit of a tactic. I think he does play him on that side so he can give that bit more width to Smith. And maybe Lavery's slightly more of a central player, although does like to run the channels, but not quite as much as Washington. I thought it was an interesting kind of tactical switch he did. Yeah, I, I, if that was what he intended, I think it was very tactically astute. It's impressive. Smith is obviously a defender, so if those two rotate, there's obviously no issue. Michael Smith could obviously fill in at centre-back. Uh, I think, he, you know, McNair running forward, getting in behind the defence is one of his strengths. So if we can somehow combine his ability to defend as a centre-back and his attacking threat, then perfect. Well, that's the way we do it, and so be it. I mean, it might well be a genius. Unorth- it's unorthodox, but yeah, who knows? It Absolutely. Could, be a of genius. Yeah. could well be. Um, Dave, I want to mention Peacock Farrell, um, because he's nothing to do all night, but he, he pulls us out of the mar. And ultimately, if that game goes 2-2, who knows what happens in the end? You know what I mean? It's uh, we're looking, we're looking like we've lost the heads at that point. Um, and Peacock Farrell pulls it, pulls out the save. Um, and my main takeaway from it is that there's been a lot of criticism of him, but he's won us a lot more points than he's cost us in his Northern Ireland career. Yeah, never a dull moment with Bailey, is it? You know, it's either, it's either like leaving huge gaps at your near post against Slovakia or making penalty saves left, right and centre. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's a really good save. He goes the right way. He seems to be making a habit of this. He's, he's, he's already seen the penalty this season as well, at club level, I think. Yeah. Really you know, if there as well. So, yeah, I, he, he must fancy himself for it. And I, I don't see why not, but you're right, he doesn't have loads to do. I think his kicking's got better. Mm-hmm. It's something I will say, because his kicking was something that always worried me a little bit. It was always a little bit awry and one of those ones you're getting ready to take the ball and scan it up in the air. But it's- do, you know, do you know why it didn't for me? Because McGovern is one of the worst distributors of the ball I've ever seen. As brilliant saves as he made for us, his kicking was atrocious. Yeah. Um, I... I, I I, again, I'm not. I'm not going to hold anybody to McGovern's kicking standards. It's, it was just. It's. It's just. It's a noticeable improvement I've seen in his game. Um, it's just the consistency in his kicking. I think that might sound really, you know, redundant um, or reductive, but it's not when you've loads of the ball, though. Well, this is it. This is it. Um, so yeah, again, nothing to do. Could have strangled him when he when he threw that ball away quickly earlier on, like I was talking about, but. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot. In fact, I don't, does he make a save apart no. from the penalty? I, I don't think he, he does. He's no chance with the goal. <laughs> no chance at all. Um, I think the strike that leads to the corner that leads to the goal, he's got no chance with either if it's on target because it's another really well-struck shot. But listen, see the bottom line is... People are going to have different opinions on him, and people do have different opinions on him, and that will probably change from game to game depending on what what um, Bailey Peacock Farrell would get. But he's our number one, and he's going to be our number one for a long, long, long time. Um, so I think let's just let's just get on board with it. I like the fact that he got a song, Pete. I was happy with that because I think he really is. I think all goalkeepers are confidence players. It's the the one position in the pitch which is a lot of it's kind of dictated by confidence but 
I liked the song that he was given. Um, I think he waved back at one point. You sort of heard the cheer go up. Um, and, you know, again, as you say, you know, 4-1, it seems as if it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it massively did with the way that game was going. And, um, you know, he's had an incredible start to his Sheffield Wednesday career. He's, he's kept five clean sheets in his first five. First ever Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper to do that. Um, and albeit playing in League One, are the shots are the shots consistently that much better? You know, I'm sure you get the odd good shot in that league as well that he's been saving. So, listen, I, I was a bit disappointed when he went down to League One, but when I look at the goalkeeper that he looks like now compared to six months ago, then I'm happy enough with it, even if it's just for a season. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope you do get some decent shots in League One because most of our strikers are scoring in League One. <laughs> <You're right so>. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But yeah, I mean, we called for it in the summer, didn't we? We just wanted him to go somewhere where he'd get games and consistently play because one of our worries was he was just a bit rusty when he comes to international football. But, but he's getting the games now and he's got us out of dodge big time there. So back Bailey. Might change in the Switzerland game, as Dave says, but uh, for the minute, he's our number one. Absolutely. Okay, let's go through through a few comments uh, and then have a bit of a chat about Man of the Match and Switzerland as well. So, uh, at Glens21 Underdash on Twitter says, big win and Switzerland now have some key players injured or unavailable, so we have a better chance than before to get a result. Shame to see McNair not able to make the game uh, and hope Dallas will be back. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I think he has withdrawn from the squad. Um, yeah. He certainly hasn't travelled. He's withdrawn from the squad, yeah, so he, he's not going to yeah. play that one. So it's another player we're missing. Uh, Stuart Williams says, big win. Switched off at 2-0 and Peacock Farrell got us out of jail. Great character and a platform to build on. Brilliant for Lavery and Washington. Let's have a look. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Mark Houston says, Washington's best game in a green jersey. Completely agree with that. Daniel Ballard looks more assured with every game and Bailey is just Bailey. Um, Lavery on the score sheet wanted him to start and he delivered bring on the Swiss and the Windsor roar Dave I just want to come to you actually quickly on Ballard there, cause actually, I just think he's a really 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 good game again um, there's a moment in the first in the first half where we're really stretched um, and he just snuffs out an attack right away with his positioning uh, it was really really good he was solid all night he can head it he can kick it but he can play as well and there's a goal to cap it off yeah um, you could call it a coming of age performance for him you know it could be one where you're looking at Cathcart, who's not fit, and I know your issues with Cathcart. I don't think he's had his best game in the green shirt tonight by a long, long Don't tell way. me. Don't tell me. I know we'll not get into it, but but um, yeah, Ballard looked like the the experienced, accomplished centre half alongside his um, nervous and irate partner there tonight. Um, and yeah, it's I think again. You made the point on, on the keeper going and playing games, and I think this is this is Ballard's just benefited so much from from playing at Blackpool last year, um, going through a, a successful season and and gaining promotion. Um, he's playing regular football this year as well, and also playing in a back three. So you know it's something that's completely familiar to him. So yeah, I think Johnny Evans is. Like literally falling apart, isn't he? Um, whether it's his knee or his ankle or predominantly his back, at some point he's not going to be able to move anymore and we're just going to have to go, Johnny, listen, I know you really want to play and we all want you to play as well, but um, your number, number five, your time is up, please come in. And we're going to need a, su- a successor to him. 
and you're potentially looking at him there. So if, if, if he can continue on the trajectory that he's been on over the last kind of 18 months, then, you know, I don't see any reason why he can't be like, literally playing for Burnley. Literally playing Premier League football for someone like Burnley. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's it's really, really encouraging. I see at this point now, I know we've had the conversation around, do you play him? Do you don't play him? Do you go for the experience? Do you go, do you go McNair, Cathcart, Evans? I think at this point, you, you nail your colours to the mast and you just go, I don't care. You're playing and we're now going to just bank on giving you games, giving you experience, integrating into a real key member of the squad um, and, and just move on from there. And that, I think that's where we go. That's where I would like to see us go anyway. Yeah, Pete, whether it's too early days to, to say he's necessarily kneeled on for a starting slot, he has only played six or seven games for Northern Ireland, as encouraging as he's been at club level. The thing that Dave says there, um, you know, where we talk about maybe taking the risk or maybe going for the more experienced pair, the way I'd see it now is he there's not enough of a drop-off to him if there's any drop-off at all that you take McNair out of midfield and lose what he offers you there. He's good enough to play there, and we can't compromise other positions, certainly not for that guy. Yeah, I think I think I said reasonably early on from his debut that he's just got to play, or at least I want to see him playing, because, you know, that, every time he plays for us, it's just always very encouraging. I haven't really seen a horror show from him, and he is just getting better. And Uh he, he will be the future that our team has built around, really. Um, in terms of successors, Ali McCann looks like a mini Steve Davis as well. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that I'm pinning my hopes on for Northern you've, Ireland. Potentially got a really good, you've got a really good spine there, potentially, yeah, for the next five, ten Lavery years. Well, I was going to say Lavery and Peacock Farrell. You've kind of got the fourth yeah. in the middle there. But uh, certainly McCann and Ballard have to be some of the first names on the team team sheet, along with Davis, McNair, and uh, Dallas. But those youngsters are really well. Fair play to Barcliffe; he was the one who brought them in. He's given them the chance, and it's paid off. And um, this was the theory behind his appointment. So you yeah. know, it, if nothing else, that element of it does seem to be bearing fruits. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, a year ago, twelve months ago. Nobody had ever really heard of Ballard and Lavery and McCann. Certainly, hardly anyone had heard of McCann, and he's he's made them just players that you just you're playing at at home in a playoff for the World Cup. You wouldn't be surprised to see any of them play, and it is a credit to him that you know the performances at times have been questionable, but that that side of it he he has done well, and it may buy him a Nations League. It may buy him a Nations League, but. We'll probably come on to talk about that closer to the time of the potential contract renewal. I'll do a few more Twitter comments quickly. And Newton Soul 89 says, Ballard outstanding. I've never really been convinced with Thompson, but he impressed tonight. Lewis, very poor. Gave the ball away so cheaply at times. Needs to be playing regularly. Good win. Can't wait for Wednesday. And then Fitzy at a under dash fit 17 says, Ballard was brilliant. Davis, as per usual. Hope he never retires. Felt Lewis was good. Take back what I said about Washington. He delivered tonight. Lavery didn't stop. Peacock Farrell again comes up trumps a very professional win. Bring on the Swiss at home, the Swiss at home. Sorry. So yeah, two contrasting opinions on 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 Lewis there. So I think that's kind of a theme that comes throughout the comments. I'll I'll do a few Facebook ones dead quick. Uh, Matty Alexander Ballantyne with a big one here. He says great performance. Although I'm a central defender myself, and if I made the tackle, I'd be annoyed at that it was a penalty. 
Uh, although, other than that, I thought the female ref was very good tonight. Good to see Shane Lavery continues club form at international level. And Jordan Thompson looks like a great, technically gifted playmaker. Created a lot of chances, good performances, considering we had a lot of big games, or big players missing, green and white army. Uh, Jamie McGarry says, great to see the Shane Lavery doubters silenced. Uh, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Gareth McCluggage, McCluggage says, after the first 10 minutes, Smith was great. Uh, Davis and Paddy, the common influences in the team. Hopefully the days of playing one up front against teams should be beat. Uh, oh, Sorry, playing one up front against teams we should beat are a thing of the past. The two lads up front ran their hearts out and the pace frightened them. Bring on Wednesday. And that leads me on to our man of the match poll, which I put up. Just uh, 54 minutes ago, so it's five minutes left, but there is a clear winner. So the four I put forward were Connor Washington, Daniel Ballard, Ali McCann, and Jordan Thompson. Now, I was quite close to putting Jamal Lewis in there. Um, and the other one I was close to putting in was Shane Lavery. There have also been shouts for Michael Smith, um, for Paddy McNair, for Steve Davis. So the only one that nobody's mentioned is Craig Cathcart, and I completely strenuously deny any allegations that I've brainwashed the listeners. So... Uh, Pete, before I give the results, who was your man of the match tonight? Davis. <laughs> Not Davis? Even I thought Davis was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Do you think do we just overlook it? And if it was a young player coming through, that's, that's, that, that's, that's the thing about man of the match polls. It's a bit narrative driven, isn't it? Yeah. I, I thought after the game, I was thinking of all the players and I wasn't even thinking of Davis mm-hmm. because he just, that's what we expect from him, isn't it? Yeah, we, we hold him. We hold him against his own standards. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's just oh, Davis hasn't lost the ball again. Davis makes a perfectly weighted pass again. No one noticed. You don't raise an eyebrow at that, but he did it. Yeah, every pass is weighted to perfection. I think McCann was very much in that mold. Mm-hmm. So if, if we're going off your poll, I'd probably say McCann because of how, as Dave touched on, how clever he was on the ball. And I can't recall him getting uh, caught in possession once. Turns out of trouble, plays it wide, and the weight of pass is always perfect, and he zips it about. Yeah, so. it, it was a great performance. The same for you, Davis. I saw you nodding at Pete there. Steve Davis is the best player in the pits every time I see him play. It's really is as simple as that. And I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you. It's not close for me. It's not close. There's one pass he plays. It's so simple. It drops to him in the edge of the box, and he just first time volleys it out to Smith on the right hand side with the inside of his foot, and it looks so simple, but. It just relieves all the pressure. And yeah, it's yeah. a ball. It's, you know, it looks so easy and it looks so obvious, but that's not a pass that anybody else makes. So, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think for me, if, if I'm going on your, your, four, your four options there, for me, it would be McCann. But Stevens is head and shoulders above, above everybody else on the pitch. Yeah, I think something else that highlighted it. You- you know when he, he dribbled in our own 18-yard box? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, I was like, what are you doing? Oh, it's Davis. What about that yeah, touch exactly. Shane Lavery took yeah, in a six-yard box, by the way? Did anyone yeah, clock that, onto that? I thought he was going to... If he missed Mitch's... Uh, or miss hit that, he'd yeah. uh, throw in a late foot and give away a penalty there. Fair play then. Yeah. There's another one, Davis, at the end. He's, he weaves round three and yeah. then tries this outrageous back heel out the left-hand side. He's just thought... I'm just going to take the piss a bit now. Yeah. Do you know? He's he's absolutely class. And he's, what, 36? Yeah. 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 And they're not taking him off to give him minutes back in his legs. You know? Absolutely fit as a fiddle. Fit as a flea, running about there. Just, and don't forget, he's just come off 
playing in an old firm at the weekend. That can't have been an easy 90 in his legs either. And he's gone out there on a horrible plastic pitch with older knees than anybody else. And he's been head and shoulders above anybody. So Steve Davis, easily man of the match. Yeah, I think it might be. I've ever seen. I think I might spend the next three days convincing the Estonian, the Estonian government not to give him a visa for this game on Sunday because I do not want him anywhere near it. Uh, anyway, the man of the match poll. Um, so as we I need say, a we false just... positive for him, don't we? False positive for <laughs> yeah. Steve Davis. Yeah, the falsest of positives. Yeah, so the man of the match poll. So Connor Washington returned 24%. Ali McCann got 20%, but there was a clear winner of the 119 who voted, and that was Daniel Ballard on 48%, another super performance, as yeah. we've said. Jordan Thompson came in at 8%, and I can't believe Dave's just lit a flare in, on Zoom. He's going to pour myself another drink. It's, it's such a shame <laughs> that, that this isn't going out as a video because Dave just has the biggest glass of wine um, as those results came through. Before we go, uh, we are going to do a podcast pre-Switzerland. Well, it's going to be like kind of post-Estonia um, pre-Switzerland preview, whatever it is. Um, Pete, you're going to be on that, but Dave, you're not. So Paddy McNair... Another huge mess. We've been through the, the the injuries already. It's no fault of his own. I think he has to make that tackle. I mean, he does have to make the tackle. He's about four yards out. It's unlucky. Uh, the guy does quite well to get his body in the way, but if you're given a penalty just in that position of the pitch, it probably is a yellow card. So what on earth do we do at centre-half? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so ang- I was so angry when that happened. Yeah. Like, you know, I can go through the, the myriad of... of- Errors and poor decisions and bad judgment that led up to that one incident. Like Bailey, we've talked to you, we've talked to you up here, but just hold on to the ball for five seconds. We're two one up. Don't throw it away. You know, calf cart. Just take a minute. We're winning. Don't kick the ball right up the other end of the pitch and give them it back. Um. So yeah, I, I'm just I'm. It's a really really. Bad, bad situation that we've created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got away with it in the match. We haven't got away with it outside of the confines of the 90 minutes, unfortunately. What we do, I've got absolutely no idea. There's going to have to be a mad centre half comes in, whether it's Brown, it's, whether it's Flanagan, whether it's Donald. Well, does he do? At the back. I don't think he, he does, to be honest. He can go forward the back. I don't know. Do we have another option at right wing back? Can we put Smith on the right side? Mm-hmm. But again, we've, we've, the other issue is we talked about the tactical influence that McNair has in that right hand side. It's not just a it's not just a right sided centre half. You can't just drop another centre half in there and expect them to do a like for like job for McNair because at one point McNair's the the highest player in the pitch. He's at their byline mm-hmm. with about ten minutes to go. That's not a coincidence. So we're probably going to have to compromise tactically on that. I really don't know what you do, honestly. Um, it, it, it's going to probably end up being somebody like Flanagan, isn't it? Maybe on the left and, and Ballard over to the right again. I think he might do Brown on the left. He might um, do. He might do. Get provided Brown's fit. Yeah. Because I don't. I'm, I'm just. You know, why is he bringing Flanagan on and not Brown tonight? I don't know. Yeah, fair point. Actually, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know. I just, I just don't know. I don't know. Who I don't does know he take I... off? I was, I'd given up watching at that point. I was putting the polls out and all that. Who comes off for Flanagan? He's a centre half, is it? Is it Ballard? Is it Smith comes off for Flanagan? Uh, Smith maybe? does come off, yeah, because I thought Flanagan was going to right wing back and I thought I was going to have the best five minutes of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, interesting that one, Pete. It's, yeah, Dave's right in everything he says. 
it's a huge, huge blow. It's another senior player who's out. Davis is the only real senior player that's definitely going to start in that team. I guess Cathcart as well. Um, I'm trying to think if I've missed anyone. Yeah, the rest are going to be, you know, there's no Evans. There's, there's yeah. neither Evans. There's no Dallas. There's no McNair. Um, Lewis, you could argue, has become more senior. But I guess so, even, yeah. even then, he's still, what, 23? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to be one of the more senior players on that side. I mean, it's just a bit of a mild one because the Swiss are decimated as well, and you think it's a good opportunity to get that that win. But I'm sitting here in a, I think a bit of a shit house, but I probably would take a point. Yeah, yeah, you probably would. I do. I don't know what you do. I mean, upstep Michael Smith to be the hero or something, play center. What, what do you? I mean, didn't McGinn play at right wing back in one of the friendlies we had? He, he played at left wing back. Yeah. I mean, is. Isn't that an option? Smith to centre back, McGinn at right wing back. I just don't know. Is that too attacking to play against Switzerland? Uh, it's interesting. Do you go, do you go for an early goal or do you go for kind of keep it tight on sixty and get the crowd bang up for it for the last half hour? Something mad might happen. It's a difficult one for him to to play that right. He's got a tool there with the. 16,000 being in for the first time in two years. Yeah. He has got a tool there and he has to use it right. And it's difficult to see, to see what he does. Well, that's the thing. If we start with a press early on, I mean, we saw that against Holland last time we, I was on a game of the Netherlands. Sorry, we started with a press. The fans got behind the team and we nearly came away with a win. So it's difficult to know. If he just sits back and we absorb the pressure for 60 minutes, you know, the atmosphere isn't as good. We just get a bit nervy. Uh, I think he's going to go for it in the first five. I'm sure that we're up for it and rattle this this Swiss. That makes sense. Might not be as easy to do. Well, never mind rattling the Swiss, Dave. Me and you are about to rattle the listeners a little bit here with this um, because I know we agree in this. Um, McNair is, is out. Jordan Thompson, it's a decent enough performance tonight, but is it a performance you want to see against Switzerland? I'm not sure. Is there a shout for Savile? Jesus, yeah, yeah, totally. I know pe- people hate me for it. It's fine. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think there is a shout for Savile. Uh, Thompson for me is great in a game like that when you need creativity and you know yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of the ball and essentially you can afford to be a bit careless with the ball and play more high risk passes. I don't necessarily think you can do that against Switzerland. Um, you need when you get the ball you need to keep the ball as best you can because before long it's probably going to get taken back off you again now it's going to be a strange game because I think this will be two kind of makeshift sides trying to feed each other out I think what we have got over them is a sense of we've got 90 minutes of a kind of makeshift side under our belt so we kind of know where we are with each other Fair point. so you know that's that's a positive Yeah, I think what you need is you need legs in the middle of the park. I think as good as we were tonight, I thought they played through us a little bit too easily mm-hmm. at yeah, times. Agreed, and I think that's a problem a lot of the time for our midfield. Uh, yeah, and I think that I think there are gaps there with just the two because, as you say, Thompson did play really, really wide, and you end up you end up leaving with leaving Davis and McCann in there to do a lot of running. Um, and cover a lot of ground. So I think I would probably prefer to see a tighter three. Um, 
and get supple in there for legs, for physicality, yeah. for height, you know, simple things like this. Um, and yeah, he's not going to play a pass over the top of the outside of his left foot, but nor is Jordan Thompson probably going to get a chance to play a yeah. pass over the top with the outside of his left foot against Switzerland. So I probably do go Savile or someone akin. I don't even know who else. We've got a whole pile of midgets in the midfield now, don't we? Mm-hmm. McCallum yeah. come on the night. You know, I think probably him, Davis and um, McCann, if you stack them on top of each other, the same height as Paddy McNair. <laughs> so yeah. I think you do need some physicality in there. And I do think Savile's the obvious choice. And listen, the manager likes him. So I don't be surprised and don't be upset when it happens. Listen, I've I've always said that that Savile in a midfield without McNair actually could thrive because they are they do both want to be that third man and Savile gets goals at championship level. He's one of the few players for us that gets goals at championship, at championship level. He's better at getting champ, at getting goals at championship level than a lot of our strikers, notwithstanding. He's like ten goals a season from yeah. like blaming them from outside the box and all. Mm-hmm. It's only listen. It's, it's bound to even out at some stage, these chances he gets. Pete, I will have a chat to you about Switzerland on Sunday because I know you're on that. Just wanted to get Dave's thoughts because I know he's he's going away to sun himself for about 20 days. So um, final one-word answer. Uh, if I offer you a, uh, a scenario where Italy beats Switzerland on Sunday night and we get a point at Windsor Park, would you shake hands on it? Nah. Nah. No. No. Nah. No. Dave? No, I no, I think you need minimum four points from Switzerland. And I think the three has to come at home. So you need to go out there and you need to roll the dice and you need to try and come away with three points. Um otherwise, you know, you you really you really are leaving yourself with absolutely zero room for error mm-hmm. in the remaining games. And we don't have zero room for error, I don't think. Well, you say that Italy did draw one all with Bulgaria tonight, and the fans were saying we're going to win the group. So I know that we have to play Bulgaria again too. Don't forget, <laughs> and it's away. Yeah, and listen, maybe away. that Bulgaria result was amazing. I don't know. Uh, we anyway, maybe we drew with the group leaders, <laughs> group winners. Northern Ireland drew at home to Bulgaria. Italy drew at home to Bulgaria, so that makes Northern Ireland joint European champions. That's how I'm taking it anyway. Anyway. How bad must Turkey be? What was that? How bad must Turkey be? (laughs) I saw the loss to somebody really bad the other night or did the draw with Moldova or something. I don't know. I'm not going to embarrass you anymore. But listen, Pete, I will chat to you on Sunday after Estonia when we will have another podcast coming out. Hopefully going to have something with a Swiss journalist on Monday as well, but more of a preview from their side. And then, of course, we will have a post-Switzerland show, which is either going to be really, really good or really, really depressing. So as I say, thank you very much to Pete. Thanks, Dave, for your efforts over this international break. Do follow us on the Twitter at Spurda2016pod for all the coverage of this mad qualifying campaign. And I'll see you again on Sunday evening. Goodbye.